You give Teller from Jerusalem 20 minutes, and he'll give you the education of a lifetime. King of the storytellers and the Shakespeare of the Torah world, here is Rabbi Hanok Teller. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Teller from Jerusalem. And this is a special episode devoted to what we in Israel are being inundated with, which is an entire country volunteering and bring out the best in everyone. Factually, everyone wishes to share with each other stories of incredible altruism and generosity and has the effect of a chain letter that no one wishes to disrupt. My thoughts about what I was witnessing brought me back to Tom Broca's classic book, The Greatest Generation, which is the story of the greatest generation that any society has ever produced. It's the stories of heroes and heroines who came of age during World War II went on to build modern America. The generation was united in common purpose and in common values such as duty, honor, economy, courage, service, love of family and country, and above all, responsibility for oneself. There are similarities to what Broca presented and what I wish to tell. Pearl Harbor made it irrefutably clear that America was not a fortress, just as did the Hamas attack upon Israel. And just as America rose to the calling of saving the world from the instruments of conquest and of the hands of fascist maniacs, the IDF has been called upon to defend itself against maniacal terrorists. Call-up services have resulted in a 100% response. Broca writes that single young woman poured into Washington to fill the exploding needs for clerical help as the political capital mobilized for war. Other women their husbands or boyfriends off to basic training, learn to drive trucks or handle welding torches. The old rules of gender and expectation changed radically with what was now expected of this generation. And all around whatever was happening in people's families or in the neighborhoods, there was something greater connecting all of them in large ways and small. What Broca wrote about pales to what's going on in Israel now. There's no other time and place that it would rather be than in Israel today. The spirit of altruism and volunteering has swept the country. People have opened their homes. Anyone who has access to an apartment that is not currently occupied is opening them up and giving them to families that have been evacuated. Evacuated from the south where they're in missile range or evacuated from the north when they're also missile range. And every neighborhood people are collecting sheets, towels, blankets, pillows. To me, this is reminiscent of the Panevichirov who collected bedding for the Aldei Tehran, children survivors of the Holocaust who arrived in Israel, and the Panevichirov wished to ensure that they would finally have a comfortable mattress to sleep upon. What people should understand is that whereas in the world at large there are six degrees of separation, in Israel, max, there is but one. It is a small country. Everyone knows everyone or knows someone who knows someone who went to school with, served in the army with, Accordingly, there is massive support for the army. It is either everyone's father or brother or son-in-law or sister in the army. In every family, there are multiple family members called up currently in the reserves. So the country has the greatest love and admiration for their boys and sons and wishes to pamper them. And even though the army could feed them, even for the army, it was a sudden increase of over 350,000 soldiers which requires some time to tweak and to adjust. So all over the country, people are cooking for the soldiers. Restaurants and bakeries are sending out meals and carbohydrates. 
My son related to me that a guy was complaining that he was hungry, so he was advised to conscript. This is very different from 9-11, which all occurred in one day, and then it was over. The families of 239 kidnapped also need support and psychological assistance. It is a classic example of the resilience of the population in the face of all the terror and terror that has occurred. So many girls in Olim, which means new arrivals in Israel, have volunteered to go into the bomb shelters and teach the children and keep them occupied when they are unable to leave their bomb shelters. Hundreds have volunteered to help farmers. The farms in the south were left in total disarray. Some of the farmers were killed, some were kidnapped, others fled, and everyone is stepping, into the, stepping up to the plate. There are numerous websites where someone can volunteer for any discipline. Even women who don't know have necessarily any particular specialty are doing the full-time job of babysitting and assisting families where the parent has been drafted. I'm in a running group, and as far as my comrades are concerned, I'm a total failure, for running is not my first topic of conversation, and it is not my life. I only do it for exercise. But in any event, what is a WhatsApp group for the club, and usually they send out updates on personal records and personal bests and new records that this one broke or that one just achieved, and now... The WhatsApp is all about volunteer opportunities. My running group sends out messages several times a day regarding runners that have volunteered in agriculture, public relations, and getting runners across the world to advocate on behalf of those who were kidnapped. Runners trying to assist children afflicted with cancer were now relocated to strange locations. There was a call about a girl who was due to celebrate her bat mitzvah, had no family or friends to attend, a lot of healthy runners joined in her celebration. There are thousands of children that have been evacuated from the South and the North, and they need activities. So this post showed how the greatest athletic stars in Israel, in running, high jumping, soccer, you name it, are conducting workshops in the Hebrew University Stadium for all those kids who are, about, who are able to learn from the best. A notification went out that there was a lone soldier, meaning one without family in Israel, that was killed in fighting near Gaza, they asked people to attend his funeral, as he had no family here. There were over 10,000 people who attended the funeral. They posted that there are seniors at home or at new residences that have been uprooted from their communities and they could use company. So people dropped what they were doing to visit strangers and they're immediately friends and have hour-long conversations. I was interviewed in the Michael Medved Show on Monday, October 30th, and here is the 10-minute interview. Please, do not regard his over-exaggerated kind but fully inaccurate introduction, because when you are interviewed, you don't always hear what is said before you go on air. So I had no opportunity to correct it. And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show. There's also good news in terms of the Israeli public, uh, almost 10 million people coming together in the midst of this crisis. And there's nobody better to talk about that than a very close family friend, Rabbi Hanoch Teller, who's also one of the most prestigious and revered religious scholars in in the world, frankly, but certainly in Israel. He uh, is the author of some 30 books. Uh, he teaches everywhere. And recently, he has uh, 
taken up, as, as many Israelis have, uh, the cause of trying to help the people in the military who are out there defending the country and, with God's help, destroying the threat of the barbarians at Hamas. Uh, Rabbi Teller, thanks for speaking to us in the, in the middle of the night. Uh, my pleasure. It's such an honor to be on my favorite radio show. <laughs> well, I appreciate your listening, and it's just a, an indication people can listen anywhere. But uh, have you been at all surprised at the very emotional coming together that seems to be part of the Israeli public in the face of this I, war? I am surprised. You know, I read in Tom Brokaw's book, The Greatest Generation, how America came together at the time of World War II, and thousands of women came to Washington for clerical jobs, and the husbands went off right from the wedding camp to, to go fight, and they had to take up uh, civilian jobs. But here in Israel, everyone, I don't know of anyone who's not volunteering in one capacity or another. And the stories, the ingenuity, I just today I read there was a, some will give beef to our guys, because they figured out that if you have beef jerky, they call in South Africa, biltong, you can be out in the field for days and just chew on raw meat, it'll keep you going. So they raised $50,000 just for beef jerky. Some person put together, jerry-rigged two shower heads on a truck so he can give showers anywhere, and he supplies towels and soap, and <laughs> it's just it's endless what's going on here. But the spirit of altruism, the volunteering, just swept the country. People are so nice, so friendly. People open up their homes. We have people staying in our house up from the south, and then they found a place without people. <laughs> they could have an apartment to themselves. And there's people who organize this. There are people, their job, everyone has another job. And their job was to find out where there's an apartment available so some can come and, uh, and bring themselves when they're refugees from the south, or actually in this case also from the north. The other thing which is interesting is that not far from my house there are three large hotels. And basically a large portion of the town of Sterot has been evacuated to these hotels. So our whole neighborhood, our neighborhood is made up of religious basically Americans, has rallied there, and it's such an interesting thing. So these people, they came to the hotel, they basically came with just shirts on their back and whatever clothes they need, people give them, but they have no way to launder it. So they put together this makeshift laundry in our neighborhood. Now, we're, as you know, we're blessed with a large family. So uh, 18 children, just to, to refresh people's memory. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, all right. So... <laughs> I realized that our laundry room, I always uh, nicknamed our laundry room Mount Everest, and it's in mountain <laughs> ranges of clothing, and I figured that the backlog was the dryer. So I went out and bought an industrial dryer. It really has a slot for a quarter, and, it, and uh, so our key involvement is we're drying everybody's clothes, and it's all an army of volunteers. There's one car coming with clothing, another car is taking away the dry clothes, another car is coming. It's around the clock. And this is to help the people who are refugees, internal refugees in Israel, who, because of the attacks of October 7th, are not able to stay that close to the Gaza border. And what you're saying is that they're being welcomed even at hotels, at any available space. Uh, Either in people's apartments or in hotels. But what happens, our neighborhood, but, and this is not unique to our neighborhood, have rallied. People need all kinds of help. They mean, like, they try and set up schools for children from 3 to 10, which means the 1 to 3-year-old, they don't have anything. So there's just an army of babysitters. And usually the husbands have been called up to the reserves. So the mother can barely cope. 
And even those people that came next door to us already, since they're here, I think nine women have given birth. So they have to give layouts, layouts to them and, you know, pampering things to the moms and slippers and creams. And there's nothing they haven't thought of. Uh, there, was a, a, another, there was another piece of video that I found very, very moving is that there was a, uh, a soldier up in the north who had been called up to serve. And he was visited by uh, a young lady who he then proposed to. Did you, did you see this? And they began a an engagement ceremony right there with the troops at the front, and uh, and, and and this new couple. And uh, my uh, my my niece and her husband, uh, the Yonina, uh, they were providing musical accompaniment. To uh, to this event with been people singing, Am Yisrael Chai, which means the people Israel live, which of course is the entire point of this entire struggle, is to allow the Jewish people to continue to live uh, in the ancient homeland. Okay, so uh, you asked me before if I'm surprised. But again, it's just surpassed anything I could have imagined. In Israel, sometimes nerves are a little frazzled. Uh, some were under attack, but the kind of niceness, people going out of their way. We're not talking even the effort, like everyone will do anything to help anyone. I uh, had to pick up some form in Hadassah, there was in Hadassah Hospital. There's no parking there, so I parked so far away. And a kibbutz, a lady from a kibbutz, uh, probably a very poor one, she couldn't afford too much clothing. Now, it's a kind of woman that I really would normally have not much to do with, but she gave me a ride right away. We had such, we, by the time she got me to where I was going, we had to, such a good conversation. On my way back to the car, someone else saw me walking, stopped to give me a lift, and I said, no, no, I'm going this way. And he was going just the opposite direction. I said, no problem. He turned around and took me two and a half kilometers out of his way. It, and it, and the, the, political, the political differences seem to at least have been put on the shelf for a while, right? Right. It seems like a lifetime away, and it wasn't so long ago, but no one can even remember that now. All, everyone just wants to embrace everyone else. We should get through this. We're very concerned about our soldiers. We're concerned about everyone else and these poor evacuees. And it's hard for them. There's like another thing in our neighborhood. The people in the hotels, the elderly people, they miss their homes. They need company. So there's people there all day long, all night long, speaking to them for hours. And uh, you've uh, mobilized part of your own in internal army of uh, children and grandchildren? Everybody's doing something. My, all my kids are involved somehow. But it, again, this is not typical to my, this is typical to the entire country. To elaborate a little bit about what I said in the Medved interview, the women of our small neighborhood under the direction of Mrs. Hendy Menlowitz have provided laundry service for over 600 families from Sterot. They provide brand new layettes and pampering packages for mothers who give them birth while displaced. So necessities such as underwear, personal care products, tzitzis, diapers, shoes, clothing, etc. are all being provided. Toys to equip a daycare center have been set up in a hotel for toddlers ages 0 to 3. Backpacks and school supplies for children in Sterot have now been welcomed in Jerusalem schools. There have been treats that have been offered to encourage children of Akim to return to school, many of whom are scared to leave home. You speak to the people from Sterot, and they left without clothing, and they came with just the shirts on their back. And they had no way now that they've been given clothing by the neighborhood, they had no idea how they're going to launder. And this already we explained, 
with their own family, uh, with their own dryer. Donors are found for professional machines. In the interim, Rabbi Center created a mini laundromat in his yeshiva with a playroom and manicure services to get their nails done while they're waiting to have their clothes laundered. Students have also gone out of their way to make Shabbos preparations, akafashnios, even toy, even toy little Sefer Torahs. There is an organization called Leva Chad, which is a national humanitarian organization, and they were the first ones to greet these evacuees that were sent to the hotels. All the volunteers are secular, and there is a major sanctification of God's name as these secular Israelis from Tel Aviv get to meet the religious women of Arzeh Habira, American young married women, and there's an unbelievable feeling of cooperation and they cannot, these Israelis, fathom the dedication of these religious young American women. They walked into the hotel and the volunteers are overwhelmed by the free, these women. And they've never act, interacted before with religious people. And the women, the women from my neighbor, these Americans keep saying to them in their broken Hebrew, call us any time you need a driver. You need bassinets, you need carriages, whatever you need, give us a call. And we're there. And here's an interesting story, definitely a scoop for Teller from Jerusalem. And since the whole operation was done within such a deadline to get the goods to Israel within a person departing to Israel the very next day, I'm going to ask our musical background for some mood music. Howard, the maestro, please. close friend in South Carolina from a church of great lovers of Israel. We're going to call her Julie, because that's her name, and she's been wanting to know what she can do to be of help to those in Israel, and in her assiduous attempts, she reached the mother of a tour guide who has guided her family in Israel for the duration of several summers. This ended up connecting her to the mother of the Lubavitch tour guide, who said that her son, a different son, was in a unit that could really use knee pads. Knee pads for a soldier are not the same things that you go on a sports store and buy from manufacturers who produce knee pads for a high school football team's defensive line. There's a deadline because in one day's notice, she had to send off the knee pads to someone who's returning to Israel and departing from Brooklyn. I guess this was on a Friday. Working with the tightest deadline, she had to work with the Pony Express to acquire multiple players to get the knee pads. And like we said, not just any ar knee pads, but army knee pads and army green. She finally found a tactical store in Long Island who sold knee pads that were army grade and she confirmed that they were okay and met with army regulations. So now, yeah, 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 yeah. How is a lady from South Carolina going to get knee pads from Long Island to Brooklyn in less than a day? So she posted on her Facebook group of her medical profession and it turns out there was a hospital right next door to the tactical store. Julie, Really sensing a sense of mission, was unabashed and called up the hospital using the old power perceived as power achieved methodology and entered herself as Dr. So-and-so, and I need someone who will go across the street and buy knee pads for Israel. Clearly, this was the looniest call the receptionist had ever received, and not knowing what else to do, she said, uh, what's your name again, etc., etc., and put her on hold until a doctor answered, and she ended up speaking to a person who was in her medical school with her. So Julie was on a first-name basis with this woman, and this woman was ready to commit to the mission, and it ended up that the tactical store could not accommodate, that could accommodate, was actually three hours away. 
but this doctor was desirous to assist, went home, got a suitcase, and was just about to set off when she realized that it would just be totally unfair to her patients if she were to abandon them, so she had to come up with another solution, someone who could make the purchase. However, she didn't want to abandon the mission either, so she turned to her medical director and said that she will be in touch with the medical director who will get back to Julie. And sure enough, the medical director was Jewish, and she jumped into her car. She drove out to Long Island, leaving it, and it's, there's a reason why it's called Long Island. She drove out for three hours, leaving her job. The fellow in the store was ready to sell this magic number of 12 knee pads, which was the number that was necessary for the unit. And she compared the model number with Julie to make sure it was just correct. However, yeah, 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 yeah. The store was not ready to accept Julie's credit card number from South Carolina. So the medical director, who did not even know Julie, agreed to spend her own money to make the purchase and thus she informed Julie. That was surely very nice of her, and Julie kept calling her and calling her to ask her how she could pay her back right away. Very nice of her to float, but I want to pay back. Finally, the medical director responded that she and her husband had decided that they too had been looking for a way to be of assistance, and they were more than happy to make the contribution of their own, which once again brought out Julie to tears, and she's not even a crier. Okay, acquiring the knee pads, check. But Julie still had to get the knee pads to the courier who was leaving from Crown Heights, Brooklyn. So she put another call out to her Facebook group of professionals, and again another Jewish woman responded. Julie really didn't care who her assistants were. She's just trying to pull off magic from South Carolina, and so many people were willing to take off time and join in this mission as the clock was ticking. So this new lady, gra new lady grabbed the duffel bag, stuffed all the, t took off all the tags of the knee pads so that the courier would not get hassled upon landing in Israel with customs, and, and then on her own tossed into the bag all kinds of candies and goodies for the soldiers. And now we shift to Israel. The goods have arrived, and it just so happens that a doctor from the army, from the unit where the soldier was, who needed the knee pads, was at the airport at the same time, and he picked up the bag, and within minutes, of landing the, band of knee, the bag of knee pads was already on its way to the base. Julie informed all the players and everyone was overwhelmed with joy at being able to participate in this good deed and how it was executed so seamlessly. Julie concluded, so typically, now that this mission was completed, what can she do next? When this whole mission was completed, Julie sent out a note to everyone thanking them for their participation and she even wanted to thank the hospital which turned out to be part of a chain of hospitals, and she found out that the person that runs the hospital served in the IDF. I saw a video of the duffel bag carrying the knee pads smothered in Snickers, marshmallows, clothing, Hershey Kisses, Twizzlers, and you name it, a virtual candy store, and t-shirts galore. And one important PS Julie related, that her contact in Israel was amazed by the support system of drivers will bring things to army bases in almost no time. They'll pick up from families or from collection centers. The system works almost like United at Cellar Relief, whereby the responders are ready to pick up at almost a moment's notice and get it delivered within minutes. The great advantage of the system is that it spares the army bases being inundated with mothers and wives showing up and coming to army bases throughout the country. Oh my gosh, we've already run out of time. Gosh. Okay, once again, we're going to have to continue this. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you'll send out this message to others. I wish to thank my great sound engineer, Howard DeCheetah, for superbly engineering this show.
Thanks for listening to Teller from Jerusalem, where this series takes an intelligent and thought-provoking look at the past in order to acquire a perspective on the present. Spread knowledge by giving us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. Join us next time for a brand new episode and be sure to visit tellerfromjerusalem.com where you can find more details about the show and other useful information. Check out the site store and just by inserting the TFJ code, you receive an additional 10% discount off the already very reduced prices of all Hanoch Teller products, books, lectures, and documentaries. And remember, don't forget, you can get Teller from Jerusalem on any podcast platform or go to tellerfromjerusalem.com.